0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Unjustified True Beliefs, the podcast where we talk about the beliefs we have and try to validate them using philosophy, psychology, and maths. My name is Karthik Kanan, and I'll be your host today. Uh, Today is the Zeitgeist episode, where we look back at the last season and see how it all went, how it began, what are our favorite episodes, and what we think about the podcast in general. So we have with us today your uh, host, Saranj Mehta, Jyoti Duggar, Mohammed Anath, Akshay Bharadwaj, Saurabh Teotia, Deepak Singh, and Ankit Teotia. So, yeah, uh, since this is the recap episode, the best place would be to start where it all began. And this podcast uh, was uh, the first episode was life as a vector and selecting the path to success uh, so what is what do people remember about that podcast of oh, podcast episode
1: so it's actually an interesting story karthik uh, i got a call from saransh one day and uh, we were just discussing random things which we generally tend to do and we didn't realize that the call went on for like an hour uh, And we started talking about life, what it meant to us. Um, And I I think we were talking about our own experiences. And um, that's where we started talking what it meant for us, you know, what success meant for us in our different domains. So Saransh and I, obviously, you know it. We both are engineers and we started off somewhere similar while he was with his own company in Bangalore and I in a different one. So we started comparing life to the mathematical vector which we all know of. I think most of us are here engineers or at least know about vectors. So we started comparing our lives as vectors where while we are born, we are born with a zero vector, with zero components Mm -hmm. and zero magnitude. But then we started to relate, you know, while I might have different aspects to life, like my career, my you know my family, my friends, uh, my passion for music, my passion to travel. We started relating those things as you know components to our life vector, and the effort, time, money, energy which we put into each of those directions. Uh, we could clearly see them as mag- magnitudes to each of those uh, components, and we started to build our discussion more onto that. Finally, we wanted to kind of record whatever we were speaking and uh, we failed. I I was able to, you know, record just the video. We had no audio on it. But, um, you know, there were some deep, uh, deep interactions which we had. Uh, One was around, you know, how subjective success can be. And again, you know, tying it back to the life vector. Success for maybe you might mean success in your career. Success for me might mean having a better relation with my friends and family members, and so on and so forth. And that's when we realized that for each one of us, our life vector can, you know, have a direction which is very different from each other. It is an n-dimensional vector, which can move in any direction. And whatever choices you take in life, in whichever component of your life vector, if I may put it that way, Will definitely take you somewhere. It'll never be a good or a bad decision. It'll just be a decision which moves you from one point of your life to the other. So this was something uh, which, uh, no, which was quite an interesting thing. And Saranj, uh do you remember more things from our discussion then?
2: It was a very interesting. Uh point in our life when we started it it was mid-covid and i think all of us were going through um, a difficult time and trying to figure out where are we going like where are we heading with this thing so i think a lot of uh, um, for me it was a existential crisis or spiritual crisis that what am i doing here and where am i going what am i like what what does the life mean you know those kind of deep uh, thoughts yeah i didn't i didn't
1: want and... to introduce it that way <laughs>
2: but, <I'm sorry. laughs> but yes it uh it uh, it uh yeah that was a very uh i mean impactful conversation that we had like it uh changed some things for me and like i was in a i remember i was feeling much better after our conversation um just so that we had a framework to look at life and uh you know i compare it with something which we uh, understand as engineers <laughs> uh more more readily um i we, we talked about um different aspects such as, um, uh, you know, what is speed and how important is speed of decision making? What is adaptability? Uh, What is magnitude uh, in a vector? And actually, I think you can elaborate a bit more on on those aspects.
1: Yeah, I remember that. Uh, I think we had some interesting discussions on whether there is any cap to the magnitude. Mm
3: -hmm. Do
1: we run out of effort? Do we run out of money, which we generally do in practical life? But from a model perspective, we were trying to, you know, come up with uh, what is the limit to which we can, you know, put certain effort, Mm -hmm. time, money, or resources in a particular direction. Mm -hmm. And interestingly, I also remember us, you know, drawing comparisons with the game of Age of Empires, if you remember. (laughs) Yes. So uh, for everyone else and uh, for the audience, what we were trying to, you know, link life and our experiences is to... You know, how we explore the map in a strategy game like Age of Empires, where everything is basically covered with the fog of war, which you call it, uh, where you cannot see anything. But as you keep on exploring, you are able to see how the map looks like. But as soon as you go away from that main part of the map, again, you don't know what exactly is happening there. And we were trying to draw parallels in life as well. If I've done skydiving once, I know how it feels. But I cannot say key next time when I skydive, it'll, how exactly it'll be. It might be very different. The winds might be different. The uh, the location might be different and all. I think those are some of the discussions which you were having. But unfortunately, I could not be a part of the formal podcast that time. So, Karthik, any uh, recollections from how that went?
0: I think we actually discussed Age of Empires for a brief while that time as well. And Uh, I remember this because uh, after you both had the call, uh, the idea of podcasting was already present in uh, Saranj. We had already discussed, I had already discussed the idea of a podcast with Saranj. We just didn't know what exactly we wanted to make it about. And I think this was the trigger. And then you had called me or called... uh, us on the group call with our friends on the other day and you had mentioned this thing as well so I brought up Age of empires in the podcast as well so it was a lot of you even though you weren't present in the podcast but you still brought up all of the points that we actually uh, came forward with in
1: the uh, episode itself and I but, think yeah, uh, we've come a long way I think then uh, which was the next one which we did
0: yeah, so the next one was probably uh, cognitive bias, I think.
4: Yeah, so I I think since you guys discussed about decision making in the vector episode and in the conversation that you had, I mean, so the natural transition was to cognitive biases because it, it affects your decision making in such a great way. And I remember that episode very vividly. Uh, because it was my first episode, and I think it was just uh, five of us. Uh, Me, uh, Jyoti, Karthik, Akshay, and and obviously Saranj. So in that episode, I remember we were discussing about uh, the different cognitive biases seen in society and the effects that it has kind of had on our lives and what we've done to tackle them and what we can do to and what ground rules we can set to kind of not fall prey to those biases so that we get better at decision-making and and how we we can kind of use them when needed. So I I think we uh, specifically discussed about the social biases where we started with the Dunning-Kruger effect or I think the superiority bias effect, which was about overestimation of one's capabilities, where we discussed about how confidence bordering on overconfidence can be a great factor we touched upon imposter syndrome and uh, we also discussed about system justification effect or status quo bias I mean the some of these biases are I mean we at, at least personally for me I've kind of felt it but I didn't really know that officially there was a bias that existed like that and which I guess was the case for some of you as well uh, so yeah, after that, I, I think we went through some five, six more biases like illusion of asymmetric insight, like how we constantly keep thinking that we probably know more than what others know about us. Uh, and then we discussed some things about illusion of transparency and uh, some of these are kind of related. In fact, most of them are kind of related to our human tendency to not go away from comfort, because we we feel that comfort is kind of equal to failure. And as we grow up, we kind of start fearing failure a lot. And we are going to hear that across the entire uh, episode list. So yeah, and then we also discussed about herd instinct and fundamental attribution errors and how we tend to, I mean, for some of the biases, we tend to uh, I mean, it's kind of easier for us to do something ourselves, but when it comes to judging somebody else, we kind of change the rule completely. So that that's something that we discussed when we were discussing the attribution error, like which basically talks about how you overemphasize based on personality and not behavior. And we were discussing about, you know, a traffic incident where someone may have cut your car and then you kind of get angry and then you may end up calling him and labeling him a certain way. Which I guess is an example, given the fact that we've all been in Bangalore traffic for quite some time, we've probably had this incident once in our life. We also discussed about uh, projection bias, how another person thinks that somebody else Shares the same ideas and beliefs. So he kind of projects his opinions and his dreams on that other person. Uh, And then outgroup homogeneity bias and trait ascription bias, which I think are kind of related, where you tend to think that your own set of people are varied, but outsiders are homogeneous. And that's kind of going to come up. I think, in the cultural stereotypes, when we go up there. uh, So yeah, we discussed uh, a lot of these biases and then we kind of went around the table trying to understand how biases actually existed because they were there for a reason. They were there to help us make split-second decisions because biases tend to generate auto-responses. So it's very important to have certain biases, but you really need to know when to use them. So, and I, I, and I think that comes with being aware of them and acknowledging that you have a certain bias and avoiding jumping to conclusions on first impressions. It could be a stepping stone to making better decisions. So yeah, that's, that's what I remember from that episode. And, and I think everyone can vouch for it that cognitive bias is my favorite word. So, yeah, it's, yeah, definitely one of my favorite episodes because of the word and because it was the first one for me.
0: Yeah, Uh, I remember like that was one of the first episodes where I realized that this podcast could get a little more serious or uh, academic. Like the first episode was very, it was our theory that we came up with and we were, uh, trying to improvise on it, run with it, see where it goes, that sort of stuff. But this was ground in academic research. We actually had this sheet of paper that we were looking or this website that we were looking at and going through the biases individually. So it was, it was here. I realized that we could actually, we were actually introspecting and thinking, talking about our beliefs on how, how it affects our mind, how it affects our emotions, etc. And, so oh which brings us to the next uh episode who are we body mind or emotions um so jyothi uh, could you tell us more about that one
3: sure karthik so i think this was the second episode i participated in and going into the episode to be honest i had i had no idea what i would say or what All my thoughts were, which actually came out while talking to everyone and uh, yeah, surprised me as well. So I think uh, in the episode, when we went around the table, most of us associated ourselves with our minds, the way we think, the way we, um, you know, solve problems or how we go about making decisions uh, throughout our days and lives and also to some extent emotions and uh, then you had this that that theory that you are just uh, you uh, I'm sure I will misquote it but you are just a mass in a bat rotating around the sun correct me if you want to go on so yeah so um so yes very interesting theories and i did kind of agree with that because um, i do feel that you know it's just like four entities like body mind emotion and then in the end we also included the soul or the spirit uh, aspect of it the spiritual aspect of it and all combined probably could be what we are but like i still feel that soul just solely the body or just the mind or the emotion is not what i am it, these are just the tools which i have to experience the world and make decisions and go about life you know decide my vectors and the speed and magnitude in which i want to take them uh, given you know after i have decided my priorities um, i think we did talk a lot about spirituality as well because Uh, given the times all of us wanted to know what gives us you know clarity in the moment like like what makes us feel present in the actual moment and uh, some of us like Saranj and me as well we we try to meditate sometimes he is much more consistent in it than I am but yes it is a relaxing activity for me as well And then um, we also, some, like, I think, Momita, Momita was using, I think, uses, finds her, you know, escape or the relaxation through exercising or through fitness. And for you, it was music. Agrima also had joined us in that one. And for her, it was dance. So these are just activities which each of us have found to, to, you know get to control the speed at which we are kind of running on autopilot and then just calm down a little and be present in the moment because that will probably help us uh get to where we want to be so i think i think yes so yeah so most i think uh The mind is uh, a very important aspect of it but so are all the others and i think that's where we ended it it was a very interesting topic and probably something which is not um, i mean there is i don't think there is a very definite answer to it we all were just trying to explore what we feel about each of them and uh, yeah, hopefully everyone got some clarity out of it.
0: Yeah, uh, you're right. Most of our episodes don't probably have definite answers. They they're very um, rambling. Is is that the word I'm looking for? I don't know. But it what I want to say is we we do just go uh, into different directions, try to explore the space of the topic, and. Yeah, that's the spirit of this podcast. Uh, so you did mention the different escapes we had for uh, for getting away f- or to calm ourselves, to help our em- with our emotions. And I think that kind of uh, inspired our next podcast episode, which was how does uh, music, sorry, how does music affect our minds? What are its effects on, on our minds? Um so yeah, uh, who can speak more to, uh, who remembers this episode the best? Um, well, I think... I'll go for... Sorry, okay.
1: Go ahead, Saranj. I was just going to say <laughs> that uh, many of us here ha- share a similar interest to music. I agree. So I think Saranj is definitely uh, the right person to you know go ahead and share. <laughs>
2: I I I doubt that statement. I think you both are better guitarists and better musicians than uh, I am. Um, I I but I do feel music. Uh, it's a very important part. It's a way we express ourselves. It it has the power to change our emotional state. And when we were talking about what makes us in the in the previous episode, when you were talking about how we associate ourselves and what is that activity which makes us feel most alive, um, I think music was an answer. And that's what i wanted to explore why is musing music that effective uh, and has that power to change our mind change our emotions and that got me fascinated that let's explore this phase what happens when we listen to music it's just frequency just some sound waves that are hitting our eardrums and that has the power to like completely change our mood like which is a very interesting phenomena so, I, I remember you know, we talking about coming from uh, having different tastes in music. Everybody uh, liked different sort of music at different point of time and it also changed. So, we have uh, Kruti joining us in that episode and she t- told like in one phase she was only listening to sad music. And that had a different, the, the entire period at which she was listening it, it was completely different. But it, it she's more of a pop singer than people love. More into folks uh, folk music and okay, you also you you had a transformation journey through the music uh you know how, how you got started. so I think uh why don't you share a bit more on that?
1: Oh yeah, totally I remember this uh, so uh while I was heavily influenced by my elder brother when it came to music earlier, but uh, I was able to you know develop my own individual preferences when I went to college, especially where i found myself in an indian fusion music band so where we used to try to make fusion of classical and rock music to the best of our efforts which we could do at that point in time so yes i think uh, i totally second you saransh I, I mean music at least for me and for many of us here is definitely an integral part for us and i also remember an interesting thing which we were discussing around whether music can have ill effects on us and I think some of us also discussed around you know how music can be used to torture someone or to, you know uh, you know put a monotonous tone there and I remember a very interesting thing which Karthik spoke about uh, regarding you know that release and the tension building and that was very interesting which I have experienced but I think he put it really well. Karthik want you spend some time on that?
0: so yeah that that segment of the episode was it, it was just i was uh, exploring this idea that i had read that all music has to have some form of tension and release where the release is what you're expecting from the music and tension is where it deviates from that expectation so uh, any in your uh, opinion uh, Piece of music would be good when it match when its cycle of tension release matches your attention span cycle so if the music keeps building tension for a really long time there are some progressive rock songs that keep doing that for six seven eight minutes or even ten minutes of tension building before they actually uh, go into a crescendo or something some people like that. Some people do not have the uh, patience for it, or they're, they're just not into that sort of music. A lot of uh, pop songs that we have are have that tension release cycles compacted into five-minute versions at the most, or three-minute version songs. So where you have a fixed format of verse chorus, where the chorus is uh, Uh, the chorus is traditionally the release part and the verse and the bridge are where the tension builds up. So it's, uh, yeah, that was what I was uh, talking about in there. And it affects how different people view different music, what what they like. If someone finds the tension release cycle too frequently, they get burnt out and they want something more, uh, what do you call it? More artistic. Complex is the word I was looking for, exactly, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so that was part of what I was looking at, like, what is it exactly about music that um, that makes it uh, appealing to us? So, So, yeah, but I remember at a more meta level on this podcast, this is where the podcast, I think, really... We started to get into the groove of the podcast. Like this is where we uh, has started to more struct- make a better structure out of it. We had this Google Doc where we have we're listing potential ideas. We were talking about uh, what we wanted to talk about, people and different people. Until now, it was uh, I guess all of the episodes were uh, coming from saran but since he was taking lead on this podcast and he began this podcast at this point we it became a more collaborative effort and i think the next few episodes were a little more of the serious variety where the next episode was uh, does learning get harder as we grow and the one after that was how do we know when we are wrong so these two episodes were a bit more of the serious variety so uh, and it was pretty the discussion was pretty intense as I remember. So let's pick the first one. Like, does learning get harder as we grow? Um, who remembers that one?
4: Yeah, so I remember that one pretty vividly and I, I think a lot of us were on that uh, podcast. So we were trying to I think go after does learning really get harder with age or is it just our innovation to challenge our established identity and reluctance to kind of you know form a growth mindset to learn new things and unlearn what we already know i think that's kind of what we were going uh, trying to discover and discuss in that episode so i i remember we started by uh, talking about how environmental factors play such a big role when it comes to learning which is why it's so much easier to you know learn when you have a conducive environment which is probably why people Keep going to the library to, you know, sit and learn and study for an exam because it's so quiet and it's just conducive to what you're trying to do at that moment. We also discussed how certain topics and certain avenues which don't have a very structured learning process are a little more difficult to grasp with age probably as compared to the ones which are more orderly and have a systematic approach. Uh, and and I think uh, I remember Saurabh mentioning, or, or somebody mentioning, I think it was Saurabh that he's in Amsterdam and he uh, still finds it difficult to learn Dutch. So I, I think uh, language learning came up as one of the more difficult topics uh, to grasp with uh, age. Then we, I also remember we were kind of discussing about how um, if you have a proper system in place, it it makes it easier to learn, which is why you go to school when you're a kid. I mean, even at the age of 50, if you go to college, and I mean, I'm I'm going to school right now, and some of my colleagues and peers are 50 and, and 60, and they're learning, and that's probably because... There's a system in place, there's a curriculum and and there's a routine in place. And we were kind of, I remember discussing that, how it gets easier to learn if you have those uh, ground rules and habits and routine in place. And and if you don't have all of those, then it gets a little, it can get a little uh, difficult for not just someone who's older, but even someone who's younger. I remember also we were speaking about how with age we tend to develop stress and uh, because we have added responsibilities and then we also have poor sleeping habits, etc. which was something we thought we should tackle because learning again is kind of dependent on brain health and in general brain health, if you don't take care of your brain, I mean it, it is going to lead to cognitive decline at whichever age. It so happens that with age, these factors kind of increase, which is probably why it gets a little more difficult to learn and pay attention. We also were discussing about how, I mean, the definition of learning is not fixed because the perception of learning kind of depends on different stages. And uh, I, I remember Agrima was there on the podcast and she mentioned how at a younger age, you're more accepting of knowledge and whatever comes your way as compared to when you grow up. Because when you grow up, you kind of form these labels and you're constantly trying to do a cost-benefit analysis and trying to you know measure the pros and cons of every decision that you're making, which kind of limits you to learning. Uh, and I, I think one of our uh, other friends, Deepak, was there and he was there for the only that episode and he was mentioning how it's easier for him to learn when that particular topic is related to his job and then I I think we discussed a little bit about how that relates to uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs and because it kind of uh, falls into that uh, pyramid which is why he probably has an outcome and and hence it's easier for him to learn a topic related to work. Then I remember we finally wrapped up the episode by kind of like we usually do going around the table where we agreed that you could actually, I mean, there is an opportunity for you to learn from everyone and everything if you just kind of let yourself, allow yourself to have an open mind and and focus on the growth mindset as we as we say and every day and every minute could be a learning experience if you have the right kind of attitude and if you have the right headspace and uh, it's it's not about being difficult but I think learning gets more different with age and for every person for that matter everyone has a different learning style which which I guess that's why neuroplasticity is such a big thing now and everyone's trying to learn how to kind of rewire their brain so yeah that that was again one of my favorite episodes and yeah that's that's what i remember
0: was this the episode where kruti was talking about taking her mom to the cinema and uh, seeing probably not okay
3: i think that was the next episode where um, we discussed um, about how do we know when we are wrong?
0: Okay. I see. Okay. Oh, yeah. I remember that one. Um, yeah, that one was uh, uh, kind of... Th- that came as a direct uh, consequence of this uh, This episode of does learning get harder when we grow. So I was like, at this stage, if... If you're learning of something like there is some, there, there will be some mistakes that we make, but at that point, how can we, uh, evaluate ourselves? How do we know when we are wrong? And, um, yeah, this, uh, at a more meta sense, this, uh, it, this was an episode I suggested simply because I see, um, myself looking at news videos and this was Uh, I I was getting a little more involved in politics and uh, trying to know more about the current state of affairs. And uh, I could see videos of people claiming some things or people being fact-checked. And even people who plainly would state the wrong things on the... uh, Factually the wrong things, I mean, uh, on videos I saw on the internet. I was like, how do people not know this? And then I was like, that means if I'm thinking about this, about people on the video, maybe when I'm talking to other people, there will be people who think about me, uh, that how does he not know this is wrong? So I was like, maybe I should turn that question around on myself and ask, how do I know when I'm wrong? And so, yeah, that at the more meta level, that was the inspiration for this um, episode. And... Yeah, I remember that we were uh, we were talking about uh, different things like at some level that it's very important for us to, uh, once we decide on a hypothesis that this is our mental model of the world and there is evidence that suggests otherwise, there is evidence that falsifies that model, so to speak, um, we should not change the goalposts. We should not say that, hey, that was never our model in the first place. It was uh, like, this This example that I like to uh, talk about because I've read about this uh, in, in I don't know where I read it, but uh, the, imagine you said that, th- you know what? There's a dragon right next to your chair right now. You You turn and say, I don't see the dragon. I'll be like that. That dragon is invisible. Then you'll be trying to touch it. You're like I can't feel the dragon. I'll be like no, that dragon cannot be touched anymore. You can't feel the dragon. So you'll at that point you are giving me additional information, and I'm just uh, basing my model on things that have that are demonstrably false about the so-called dragon. At that point, the best course of action for me and for anyone who wants to challenge my Hypothesis would be like, okay, so what is true about the dragon? And then you come, uh, and then you, uh, and then if I come up with something, and then you demonstrably, I may come up with some things on the spot like that are demonstrably false. I'll be like, it's invisible, it's untouchable, it doesn't breathe fire, it doesn't harm things, things like that. And, but there will be one thing that I that is important in all of this is. The question I have to ask myself is, how will I come to this conclusion that the dragon does not exist? What would it take for me to stop believing that the dragon does not exist? So with every mental model that you build, it is important to have this self-destruct mechanism that if this happens, what I believe in is not true. And if you um, have that um, self-destruct button, so to speak, you your model is strong simply because of its weakness it's strong through because it's based in reality and you you see the world around you you didn't you didn't see that self-destruct button activate so you're like okay that is going to be my self-destruct button and if that self-destruct button activates through your observation of the real world if you forgot to mention that the dragon uh wouldn't uh or if you say the dragon still breathes fire, and then you're like, but nothing's burning around me, so and then the self-destruct button activates, and then that then your model is false. So it's very important to have some belief uh, when so your model or your observation, your hypothesis of the world is false. So yeah,
1: I think while you while you spoke about the intrinsic model. Of uh, what we were discussing around that time, I think a few of the points which we also picked up were, you know, getting response for our stimuli from the outside. You know, if I do something and Karthik, you tell me that you know what this is wrong. We, we actually started from that base where you know that is what can tell you what is you know wrong or right. But then again, you, the model which you spoke about. With something which we then utilize to understand whether that response is genuine or not. Uh, again, to your example, which you took, I, I remember an interesting discussion, which also moved in a particular direction. And that apart from the question of how do we know that we are wrong? We also wanted to explore when do we know that we are wrong? You know, in, in what A Part of our decision-making life cycle or activity life cycle, do we get to know the outcome, whether it is right or wrong? And that was something also interesting, where some of us also discussed about, you know, our safety with the environment where we are in. If we are safe, we are more receptive to the responses. And when we are more receptive to the responses, we get a better uh, sense of the outcome which is to come or which has come. And I think we also touched upon ego, where I think ego is a big barrier for us to, you know, be headstrong. That this is what is uh, what has to be done, and what am I? What I am doing is right. And many a times you know it that you are wrong, but your ego doesn't allow you to do that. So some of those things which I remembered.
0: Yeah, that was a fun episode. I liked that one. But I think the. Going back to the whole meta thing about the podcast, this is where we were like, oh man, it's getting way too intense these topics right now. Let's move on to something a little more chill for the next podcast because in discussions with these get intense. Like the more we pick topics as that, that, that are rightfully things that we should think about. But in the process, something, the discussions we'd have actually become a bit more intense so the next episode was a bit on the light-hearted side where we talked about hey do tv shows and movies shape who we become um Jyoti, could you speak more to that one
3: yeah sure because yeah I really enjoyed that episode firstly because it was one of the light-hearted ones after a couple of I think pretty intense topics and discussions And uh, secondly, because I do have uh, a few of those favorite childhood TV shows, which, uh, which I enjoyed a lot. And I still watch sometimes when, when I, when I feel like it. And again, I think um, we discussed, uh, we were talking about all the shows and movies we used to watch as kids. And uh, if uh, how much and if at all they had any effect on us, and what sort of effects they were. So, I think. Uh, I think yeah we. Uh, Karthik, you mentioned Dhoom in that one, and how Dhoom made you uh made not you but almost probably most of us, the most of yeah. youth in India go wild about bikes and everything. And, um, then we also had Radhika in that episode and she meant, and she's, she's a soap queen, I think, because, yep. um, yeah, because yeah, she's a dear friend, but also a soap lover, <laughs> soap lover. Yeah. So yeah. And, uh, just to clarify,
2: of- it's a TV show, not a soap.
3: Yeah. Either way. Yeah. And... She's a
1: dear friend, but she's a soap lover.
3: And, uh, yeah. and...
1: we still love her. I mean, yeah, but she's, she's, a, a
3: so... she's a dear friend and she's <laughs> a soap lover. No, that means that I mean, all of us did watch a lot of soaps thanks to our parents. Uh, I will not say mothers because our fathers also used to watch them. Uh,
0: yeah. I remember we discussed exactly that. We yeah, discussed.
3: Yeah. If not openly, always on the down low. Always. Always. Because uh, everyone loves uh, drama, everyone loves a little tea. And better in imaginary life than in real life. So, yes. And then uh, all the childhood shows, like, I think Momita enjoyed Small Wonder. And uh, and, uh, I think there were a few movies which she liked a lot. Something about Paris. Not sure what it was. Yeah.
4: Uh, yeah. Anything that had uh, girls and... uh... I think flashy clothes. I don't know. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And how watching those shows had such a, uh, how uh, it, uh, you know, influenced our um, our, uh, uh, clothing or apparel judgments and how we viewed and reflected clothes and uh, dressing up. And what
4: you would also decide
3: not to wear. Yeah. Definitely. Because uh, bright, bright colors and everything. If you don't like it on them, you will not. It's good not to wear it. But,
4: yeah. yeah. And, and we also discussed about how we kind of start labeling people because of watching some shows. Remember that? Uh, I don't know if Radhika brought it up about that uh, Hindi uh, soap called Kasoti, soap against serial uh, episode show. I think Sora brought it up oh, uh, okay. where
3: yeah or 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 Kartik where either someone was like a kasoti kid or a kahani kid or a kyunki kid yeah
0: that was yeah. definitely me yeah it was
3: depending something. on when yeah, it was... they had uh, lunch or dinner and uh, yeah yeah and some people yeah kumkum Kum and kumkum Kum Bhagya I think I was confused in those two itself my favorite shows were remakes again a show with a lot of uh, young people running around dancing around and i thought that's what college will be all about but i went to an engineering college in uh, a part of india where singing and dancing was not really a good not a, an available option for all days for for all days of the year at least i uh, yeah i mean yeah anyway and um Yeah, I think uh, I cannot uh, talk about TV shows and not mention all the cartoons I saw. Um, Also, I think more than the cartoons, I still, I think, feel Mr. Bean is one of my favorite shows till date. I can watch it again and again and again. Hmm. So, yeah, yeah, and uh, we don't know. uh, So, about the effects, I think, again... Not very conclusive, but uh, it it, like watching a show like Mr. Bean could probably have an effect on your sense of humor or uh, ignite at least the the interest for that. Uh, And uh, obviously the influence on fashion and uh, watching the soaps could give you the ability to handle drama if you ever come across it. And um, yeah, I mean, just Yeah, yeah.
0: Sorry, I was going to say like one of the things that I remember clearly from that episode is like how Saranj brought up Rangde Basanti and how uh, kids from the school would act, uh, become or personify characters from that movie. I think the same happened with doom on a word even nationwide level. Basically, Dhoom and Rangde Basanti, when Dhoom happened, everybody wanted to be the cool guy on the bike. When Rangde Basanti happened, everybody wanted to, They like the kids in, the, in our school, they want to be certain characters. They... I'm very sure that at some level they implicitly or, or unconsciously started acting like those characters in life even when they were not those uh, mm-hmm. characters or in when, when they were not in character they, they would try to what would, uh, yeah they'll be like what would Siddharth do if he was in this place <laughs> oh. things like that, like it, that's the question that would be going on in their head
3: I know yeah. all the girls like Siddharth a lot after that movie yeah i but i i was different because i like kunal uh, kapoor the most for some reason yeah so yeah but yeah i mean um i also started like uh dressing up like some of the people i used to see in shows and movies because i was like that's the cool thing and that's obviously i'm the cool person so that's what i'll be doing um yeah i think they did have a lot of short-term effects and um not sure. I don't think anyone, any of those shows had any long-term effects on us. Uh, except, I think, probably, probably Saranj, who decided to become an engineer because of um, Dexter's. I'm not sure. Is that correct? Or was it someone else? Anyway, I think...
2: Yeah, we, Karthik also mentioned that he watched uh, uh, Wild K.O.T. and the, all the experiment that the K.O.T. used to do inspired somehow to become a, to do his own experiments and become an engineer. And he wants mm-hmm. to consult a psychiatrist about that at one point. Yeah. <laughs> <4. laughs> <laughs> Too late. Huh? Too late. So, is yeah.
1: The road runner show?
4: Yeah, the yeah road road road. exactly. Yeah.
1: Mm. One interesting
0: the thing. <laughs> the deserved to Deserve to catch the roadrunner. The roadrunner was just sheer luck. I've
1: always <laughs> but, waited for that last episode. <laughs> yeah. But, okay. but have you guys uh, ever realized that many of these shows which we binge, many of times we remember the dialogues by heart and we are not mm. even laughing on those punchlines, but we are just enjoying it. It's in the background. You are probably doing something on your phone and you maybe have you know friends or Seinfeld going in the background and you are just enjoying the background uh, sound which is coming from that
3: i totally agree because right now right now my go to is the office it's my only and my go to at the moment uh, together and uh, you know the office uh, they so in that episode so i'm i'm stealing something from their podcast and putting it in here. they actually spent quite a lot of time in uh, every during every shooting half an hour or one hour just sitting around and behaving like they're uh, in uh, working in an actual office so that they could have all those, you know, side scenes, uh, like scenes in between or those sound effects of an actual functioning office. And uh, I think I'm missing being in the office because uh, first of all, it's, it's one of the best shows I've seen. Second of all, it provides really great ASMR for whenever I need anything. So, yeah. And they've done a great job because all the printers and everything it's it's just like an office so it totally serves my purpose
0: yeah so yeah it was a pretty light-hearted episode and i guess so was the next one yeah so the next episode was pretty light-hearted as well and i i remember that was a idea suggested or it was a topic suggested by sora uh, which was do we live to eat or do we eat to live Saurabh, so uh, what do you remember that, that episode? How did that idea come about?
5: Yeah, I think before I talk about that idea, I would like to uh, share my journey with this uh, podcast. So I remember it was 3 a.m. in the night for me and Saranj was probably in that morning time zone. So he uh, called me up uh, 3 a.m. in the night and it was during the time when the music episode was going to be uh, done the next day. I think previously it used to be on uh, Sundays instead of Saturdays. So he was very excited about this episode. So he called me up at 3 a.m. in the morning and he said that I'm doing these uh, podcasts. You probably would have seen me sharing a lot of stuff on Facebook, on Instagram. I'm literally spamming everywhere. And still you haven't noticed and you haven't joined my podcast. So I am officially inviting you to uh, be a part of these podcasts and uh, Uh, see how it uh, goes so I think on on that night um, I told him that I it's it's on a very short notice I might not join I will listen to the previous podcast and make a decision based on that and uh, when this music uh, podcast was uh, released I uh, heard it and I was really uh, driven to uh, join the next podcast and in the beginning I was quite hesitant because I didn't know any of you apart from just Saranj Uh, But I decided to uh, give it a shot. And my first episode was, uh, uh, does learning get uh, harder as we grow? I think uh, that was um, very insightful. And just by doing that one episode, I knew that I would like to be in each and every podcast uh, to the best of my capability. And uh, during that podcast, I came up with this idea that we should do something uh, about do we eat to live or do we... Live to eat, and uh, the reason for this topic was uh, because I really uh, like food. So, I have mentioned in that podcast that uh, I like food to that extent that my WhatsApp BP is always food since the inception of time, since the inception of WhatsApp. So, living to eat um, means either two things so that you're living to eat as if your world revolves around it, and it is the purpose of being born. I, I remember in that particular episode. I think very few people were uh, seconding with this idea. I think Bogdan was one of them and then uh, Momita was also one of them. And uh, we talked about um, situations which triggers the eating habits. I think uh, Jyoti mentioned in that episode that there are some uh, physiological responses in our body which make us eat. For example, if you are uh, uh, feeling sad or if you're feeling excited you try to eat the food that you really uh, like and in that episode we also had a brief debate about uh, veganism and how the uh, eating habits of different people vary and how few people they converted from being a non-vegetarian to veganism and how they are continuing that journey. In that episode we also talked about um, the different diets that are there in the market i remember at that point in time i was on a, on a 14 day diet and i was uh, literally starving myself and good thing is that when i finished that diet i lost 5 kilos so i'm not not very proud of that diet but then it was um, something which was which i was doing and we also talked about uh, binge eating and eating in moderation how we should eat in a certain way and maintain a healthy lifestyle. So eating in in, uh, moderation at different times of the day was also uh, some of the things that we talked about. And we also talked about uh, certain addictions to food and drinks. I think uh, there were also a mention of uh, phrases like "We we try to eat when we want to drown into our sorrows or we drink when we want to forget something. So I think that episode was really insightful. And I'm glad that I gave that suggestion and everybody liked it. And if I talk about um, uh, other episodes that I really uh, liked in this entire podcast, I think it was uh, related to the uh, cognitive bias. And this was not the episode I uh, joined, but I listened to it afterwards. And uh, now it has become uh, one of the most uh, frequently used uh, phrases by me as well. Sometimes I just throw it
1: off. Uh,
5: to people just to sound intellectual. So thank you, Mamita, for introducing that word to us.
1: I was just going to say probably lesser than (laughs) Mamita.
5: Yes, of course. I mean, not in this conversation, but definitely I am using that word in my office sometimes.
1: So I, I was just, you know, thinking that I missed this podcast and I'm literally, I'm one of those people who would consider that I live to eat. Because I just love food and, you know, I'm so fascinated with food. And ironically, I'm a vegetarian. Normally, uh, people who are so much into food, uh, you know, end up being, uh, you know, very open to experiences. But I'm open to experiences as long as it has egg. And uh, yeah, that's about it.
3: Okay, so it's like it's a known thing in um the group we had in bangalore that you go anywhere and it's uh, it's to these particular couple of restaurants and there's no need to ask akshay what he wants to eat because his order was standard anda paratha paneer paratha probably with aloo maybe or egg burji so there was no need to ask him at all what he wanted to eat and yes i also i did participate in this episode and it was yeah it was a fun episode again because we were talking about food and uh, even though i eat to live on a regular basis food is a very important part of all or any celebrations which i have in my life be it a birthday or be it uh, some Someone's wedding or someone's... I mean, the food has to be good. If the food is not good, the entire event is kind of pointless. So, food is equal to celebration for me. No, I would rather say celebration is equal to food for me. But on a regular basis, I can live on the most uh, plainest of foods. On like the same thing every day, in and out. So, I did fall in the... eat. To
4: live category and I I remember that uh, I don't know if it was you or or Shruti but we were just discussing how some of us have moved from the eat to live or live to eat to the other uh, category Uh, because we've uh, like the people who live to eat like myself now that we've started cooking and uh, being a little more aware of our health—we've kind of started moving to the eat to live category, and I think you also mentioned that now that you have to make yeah. your own food, yeah, yeah, totally. It was interesting.
3: Totally. Yeah, I can have oats and uh, a rice every day, just like plain rice and plain oats. I mean, not really plain with something in it, but I can have the same thing every day.
5: That reminds me, I had a discussion with Jyoti, a brief discussion uh, two days back. I made uh, dal makhni for the first time and it turned out to be uh, really good and amazing. And also it looked quite good. And I was uh, talking to Jyoti about it and I said, maybe one day I will uh, cook dal makhni for this entire group. when we can have actually a physical interaction and some of that together. So
2: So are we all doing a Euro trip or uh, some other destination food trip? Like, how is it? Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, was, I was hoping that you will be sending us a sponsored trip to taste your Dal That would be amazing. But anyway. I really? think we, yeah, we
4: should
5: meet somewhere in India, I think. <laughs> 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 okay.
2: What's the next episode, uh, Karthik?
0: Okay, yeah. Uh, the next episode uh, was, I think we've started going on to more serious ones, right? And it was, uh, is it easier to pay attention to what we believe in? And I remember this was because a lot of the group had s- seen the social dilemma that week. And it was like, oh my God, we need to make an episode out of this. So it was, uh, uh, it was especially that scene where the uh, one of the teenagers becomes slowly radicalized towards an extremist movement just uh, by watching videos, and they realize that uh, the algorithms can recommend him things that uh, that will. That he's already interested in reading him slowly deep into the rabbit hole so this was a uh, discussion around that sort of stuff so yeah i remember uh, we were talking about we discussed exactly that that when was the last time we read a news article that was not recommended to us how much do these recommendation engines uh, know about us how do they how 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 hard social media has become to quit because of these recommendations and just because we're constantly scrolling through um, uh, whatever the social feed offers us and they know how to keep us hooked. And so, and they do that by uh, suggesting things to us that already conform to what we believe in just slightly and just slowly leading us to more uh, deeper bubbles where, you know, Uh, discourse in this uh, I'm talking about the USA right now like the discourse in USA has become uh, to an extent where one side can have an entirely different view of the world while believing the other side to be completely wrong so it was uh, really expounding on that idea that you you can be in a bubble in, by yourself, but not have any idea of what the actual ground reality is. So how do you actually, uh, seek news? How do you find out, uh, more about ideas that do not agree with you? How do you expand your worldview? That sort of stuff. Yeah. Uh, does anyone else remember anything more about that episode? Yeah.
4: I think I had suggested this episode to Saranj and I and, and I know that it was a very long conversation that we had. Probably one of the longest episodes or something like that. I basically wanted to because I, I am kind of struggling with attention in general because there's you know, so much to do. How how do you decide what to pay attention to or or should you only pay attention to what you think is important? because again what you think is important is your idea and, and your belief at the end of the day so probably not you should probably pay attention to something else that's going on in the world or something else that you guys tell me about so yeah i was kind of just struggling with attention and i, I think this whole generation with so much of technology and social media and so many options has made it more difficult for us to pay attention to I mean things we want to do or, or just in general so so I kind of was trying to get some of my questions answered through that uh, episode yeah, so,
3: yeah so after that episode I, I was trying to do it uh, but then I became more conscious of uh, what I follow on even on social media because, like Karthik said, you are just going to be fed the same information over and over again. So, yeah, I just became a more became more mindful of it. Probably, what I'm following on social media, or what I actually actually click on and uh, let myself read because read or watch, because uh, it goes into their algorithm, and then they might suggest the same thing or whatever they want to push to me as uh, as a potential user or customer or whatever it is and uh, yeah so uh, the main thing I came even from you know the uh, from not really maybe uh, from music but from the tv shows movies and if we ever talk about books the books thing is that uh, or uh, news any form of media is that uh, expose yourself to probably almost anything you can expose yourself to obviously not bad literature or really bad movies but like good movies but about probably any damn topic which is available so that you have a wider view of what is happening in the world and uh probably you are more informed and can make better
2: decisions. Yeah, I'll just add one more thing. Like uh, similar to Jyoti, when I had a behavioral change after that episode, I I unsubscribed from a lot of stuff. And uh, I I don't know how many people know this, but you can, on Facebook and Google, you can stop sharing your data if you want to. Like you can stop them uh, looking at all your activities and stuff. And I did that. So... And after that uh, navigating the maps has been very difficult because there is no home uh, anymore. But but yeah, that 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 does make me realize that how much we are giving uh, to these companies without um, you know, I mean they they can control uh, our information uh, to manipulate our behavior. So yeah, I just became more mindful as Jyoti said. Hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: So Saransh, have you noticed how this is again behind the scenes? Like behind behind the scenes, like uh, every time I join uh, this this Google Meet, you can't really see or hear me, and then I drop and join again. It's because I go and uh, it's it's too much, but it's just something I've decided. It's very it's easy for me to do it every time. Mm. I have just disabled access to my camera or microphone. My browser does not have access to only. It has access only when I allow it to have access. So it's just basic things which I'm like, it's not required. So I'm not going to let this app have access to things which are not required. So.
1: And another thing which you're used to is uh, first seeing your ceiling fan. Followed by your face.
3: Yes, that is also a privacy measure, yeah. 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 I always have a fan in my life.
2: Yeah, horrible. Uh, we need to edit this out.
0: <laughs> okay, Sarish, take us through the next episode.
2: Let's. <laughs> so uh, the next one, um, and this one was a very fascinating concept. I I was uh, listening to because our top our uh, podcast is about philosophy, it's about psychology, and we have to cover some of maths, as Akshay pointed out, um. In in the concept of psychology, I was uh, uh, going through Carl Jung's ph- uh, theories. And one of his theory is about these 12 archetypes. So it's understanding personalities. And one of the ways he understood, understand personalities is by categorizing people in different fundamental forms, uh, which we all have, according to Carl Jung. And that is uh, that is ingrained in us through our genetical knowledge so like there is a common narrative which all humans share and we, we might be coming from different cultures different backgrounds but the, there are certain stories which have very similar characters across the globe and he was fascinated by this idea that how can these very radically different civilizations which grew completely independent of each other had the same characters in it and that found the basis of the theory of there is a uh that we're not tabular rasa there is no no blank slate but we come with a pre-programmed software in our heads which helped us understand this world there are certain stories we see and it's very easy for us to understand what's going on and what character is going to do what or the behavior is easier to understand some characters are like the mother the joker the hero the uh, the fool so that that was fascinating and i wanted to understand uh, how do we, like individuals, all the panel panels on, on this podcast, identify ourselves and has it changed over time? So that was my, uh, uh, you know, that, that was a curiosity I had about this philosophy and I wanted to question it at the same time that, uh, do you believe that it's right? Because I, for me, I believe in the concept that, yes, there is something, there is some, some people call it God, some people call it uh, the higher self, but there is some inherent wisdom within us and I wanted to explore that. And with if that is true, and oh, the second part, which was proposed as uh, the 12 archetypes, could that be true? Um, so I think the conclusion, uh, we, we again, like one of all, all our podcasts are based on belief. So it's very difficult to conclude it or come to a uh, you know final verdict that this is uh, what we got out of it and we have solved a problem. But I think we left it at a place that yes some of the theory seems believable but maybe these 12 archetypes are not exhaustive or uh, but we 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 could see these patterns in our daily life we can see how companies have certain archetypes certain roles that they associate their brands to be and um, that was that was a good uh, you know uh, insight that we came up with this uh, moving to our f- uh, next episode Karthik, uh, do you remember what the theme was? Um,
0: yeah, I do. So it was. Uh, it was a.
2: Yeah, I think. I think. Let me. Let me ask Apoorva. She would remember this. So, Apurva, <laughs> do you remember what the next uh, episode was?
6: Yeah, it was. It was about the. Cultural, uh, not just cultural. Uh, we were discussing if uh, stereotypes are true, and in that episode, we actually covered a lot of different stereotypes that we have seen. Um, we had uh, we had people talk about uh, the the stereotypes that they have faced um, uh, when they are living in a another country, or many of us have. Just face some things, some stereotypes uh, in our own country. So we, we talked about those cultural stereotypes. We, uh, we talked about a bit, uh, uh, we went on to talk about some gender stereotypes. So, uh, I, I mean, I, I remember uh, a lot of us have this, uh, have had this common experience when living outside of India is uh people get uh, whenever you tell them that you are from india they get surprised and uh, the i mean they get surprised about the fact that oh my god you speak such a good english i, I mean i have no idea what they think we speak but uh, back in india but th- that, that that has been one of the most common things that uh, we all have uh, we all have seen uh, within india since we have different Cultures, uh, like for each state, there is a different culture, uh, the food that they eat, the language that they speak. Uh, and even there, we have seen uh, people assuming things about each other. And I mean, and most of the times, that assumption has been negative because the positive is some, there are some positive assumptions that we take pride in, which we, we talked about as well about uh, the versatile, how versatile the food is back in India. But so there are the positive stereotypes we actually take pride and we like those things. But though there are these negative stereotypes that people try to box us in. That's when uh, we we don't like it and we we find it odd that why would somebody as, assume that? At the same time, uh, I mean, in the same episode at the end of it, uh, we, we kind of also concluded that these stereotypes kind of build some bridges to, uh, while talking to somebody from a different part of the world where you have not at all uh, the the part in, in the world that you have not visited or don't know anything about, but just heard of, heard things about it. So we, we, we talked about that sometimes these stereotypes actually help us connect with other people. I mean, as long as the other person or us, we are not taking great offense in the fact that somebody assumes something about us. Uh, we, so we concluded in, in the in that episode saying that it's okay to have stereotypes as long as we keep open minds and we are eager to learn more about the other person, other culture, rather than I mean assuming things and just uh just thinking that our assumptions are always right. Not not thinking that we could be corrected. That's something that is wrong. But the stereotypes generally okay, we can, we can deal with them.
5: I remember from that episode, I, it was one of the episodes which I wanted to join and listen. But when I joined the call and I uh, heard about the discussion, I couldn't stop myself but contribute. And in the heat of the moment, I said a lot of things. And after the uh, podcast was complete, I gave Saransh a call and I asked him to edit out every shitty thing that I've said. because I was too conscious of what I said and I wanted to make sure that Saranj does not uh, publish all that uh, BS which I subjected you guys to. I think uh, in this particular topic, I uh, I got carried away because this topic is very uh, close to my heart because I see all uh, these stereotypes related to culture, related to gender, related to anything uh, prevalent around us. So yeah, this uh, was quite a nice episode, which I would say that it was one of my really uh, favorite episodes. Although I went all out and I wanted Saranj to edit out my parts.
3: Did he? Because yeah, he didn't. That, that was a threat
2: and I was, uh, I was uh, threatened to be sued if I didn't edit his parts. So that was the only episode I had to take consent before I posted something so yeah <laughs> it's good. nobody would ever know what he spoke about apart from the people who were here <laughs> <laughs> oh, well that's difficult
0: <laughs> yeah I guess we're about out of time so yeah let's do the last episode since the last episode was also pretty meta we can actually talk about the podcast in general and the last episode in one. So Saraj, has you began this podcast, so I would probably pass the mic to you here. Like, what do you think about this podcast? Why did you begin it? Like with, has it, with the wisdom of our small crowd here, has it changed our beliefs? Do you think we were better off than we were before? What do you, What are your thoughts?
2: definitely i uh i mean uh, first first of all i would need to ac- acknowledge that this podcast uh the journey just listening to all you guys i think it has evolved from a stage where it was just a discussion and now it has come to a point where episodes do impact us in ways like when we discuss something our behavior in our daily lives changes so i think it has come a long way and i'm and it's not just just for us i've got a lot of good feedbacks and i would like to give some shout outs to people who have messaged me uh and told me that how like useful they found all these episodes uh and uh, just a fun fact while we were talking about it i've got a huge paragraph from uh, from a listener whom i don't know personally and she acknowledged the fact that we, we are doing good work so i would read out that message as well but i need to acknowledge harish mala ajmal uh Joel james and uh, and, uh there are lots of messages from a lot of people which i i felt i should have acknowledged beforehand um so this this has been a like a it's it's been a great uh, way to get connected the intent of starting this podcast first of all is was to have meaningful conversations with the people whom i find that they 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 have the wisdom to contribute but at the same time i was aware that as um um uh uh, mentioned that being individualistic we'll we'll have some bias but maybe when we come together we our overall biases will reduce and that was a fundamental principle behind this podcast that it it won't be one single person commenting or expressing his thoughts entirely but there'll be people who will be challenging and providing different perspectives so that ultimately we are able to justify some of our beliefs that we have. I think uh, this world does need a bit more critical thinking. uh, And that's what I'm trying to get to uh, with with, with with listening to every perspective and like listen to you guys talking about how you see the world so that maybe eventually we can justify some of the beliefs we have. So thanks a lot. And... Yeah, that's my my drop.
0: For all our listeners, uh, thanks for being with us. Uh, thanks for your encouragement. Thanks uh, for your ideas. Everything. Um, so yeah, with this we conclude the first season of Unjustified True Beliefs, and we'll come at you when do we come back, Saranjh?
2: Very soon. <laughs> but we will so. we'll, we'll let you know. <laughs> okay.
0: We'll be we'll back with season 2 of Unjustified True Beliefs. Stay tuned. Thanks.